My name's Nick Temple. Uh, I'm the Director of Business and Enterprise at Social Enterprise UK, uh, which is the national membership body for social enterprise in the UK, as the name would hopefully suggest. My role there is uh, to make us a social enterprise ourselves really so um, to um, bring in the money and make sure we deliver so I'm in charge of business development and operations. So what for you is a social innovation what does that mean? A social innovation I guess would be for me that's broader than a social enterprise so a social innovation would be uh, really an idea that's being implemented um, that's totally new I think people tend to still confuse innovation with novelty at times, so it's not a new idea, but actually one that's that's implemented. And I think the difference with social innovation as opposed to social enterprise is that that can be really across any sectors. Uh, that could be happening in the public sector, private sector, social sector, or or often um, in a partnership of across different sectors. What are the most common challenges with scaling these things up in your experience? Um, I would say we tend to see quite a lot of ambition um, early on. So we tend to see quite a few unrealistic business plans, um, which uh, maybe underestimate the extent to which scale requires an investment in systems, an investment in people and infrastructure. Um, there's, there's often quite a lot of, I feel like, like backfilling um, and uh, an investment in some of the central uh, functions that takes time and takes uh, resources and takes capacity. Um, so often that can be uh, one of the main uh, challenges. And I think as a sector, we tend to be incredibly impatient for scale, understandably, because the scale of problems we're facing are, are still huge and significant and often growing. Um, but often if you look at those social enterprises and other social innovations that have scaled, um, the thing that tends to connect them, if anything, is the amount of time they've taken uh, and, and not necessarily anything else. Where do you sit in terms of the, the danger at the moment that at a time when government is cutting everything and expecting the social enterprise world to kind of step in and fill those gaps, in terms of the sort of the, the politics of that or the... Um, do you think the government is embracing social enterprise because it's committed to the ideas of social enterprise or because it sees it as something that can pick up the leftovers that the private sector doesn't want? I'm not quite as cynical, uh, I guess. Um, I mean, I think the social enterprise has had cross-party support for quite a while now, so it's not unique to sort of 2008 onwards. Um, and that's for a couple of reasons. I think if you're from the left... Um, the Labour Party tends to see social enterprises uh, really, I don't know, some would see it as the kind of embodiment of the third way, if you remember that, um, of like social justice combined with, with economic development. Um, and, and from a conservative perspective, I suppose uh, it's, you know, the fact that it's um, enterprise and it focuses on enterprise and, and individuals at times leading change is something that appeals to conservative sensibilities perhaps more than a traditional uh, kind of volunteering or, or other approach. So it's tended to have real cross-party support. I mean, I, I think we're always quite clear that social enterprise isn't a panacea. Um, you know, the reality is 
you know, uh, a lot of decent sized social enterprises get a lot of their money from the public sector, and that's often through contracts they win and deliver. Uh, so cuts in public sector funding affect social enterprises just like they affect private sector organisations who work in the public sector and the public sector itself. So um, do I think that, uh, I suppose the, the more positive side of it is that we are having to come up with completely new solutions to some of this stuff. If you're running a local authority right now and the cost of adult care and children's care is going through the roof at the same time as your income is going down, the kind of graph of doom as it's known in local authority circles, then, you know, the the kind of pithy way of putting it is you can only slice the salami so much and then you don't have a salami anymore. Um, and at some point you actually have to find different ways of doing things that are more preventative, that can save you money in multiple budget lines or help you deliver multiple outcomes uh, um, and, and make much better use of your resources. And I think that's where social enterprise does have a role to play in providing some of those answers. So something like Transition, uh, which has been around for seven years and has scaled from nothing to being in 44 countries and is sort of fostering that sort of culture of, of social enterprise. When you have something like that, which is that a social innovation in terms of being an idea that, is, that, that, that has gone to a certain scale, but needs to then take that, ne that next push on into the sort of the mainstream, that move from the early adopters to the early majority. What's your sense or your experience of, 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 of some suggestions about how to do that? What would your advice be in that context? I suppose we, I mean, it is, there's, no, there's no single answer, and obviously it will be specific to transition, but I suppose what I've uh, grown to understand um, a bit more is the power of the media, um, which might sound a bit, uh, a bit superficial, but um, it's, it, it's extraordinary to me the, the power of, um, you know, actually the traditional media and social media and particularly television in actually increasing awareness um, of what's going on. So. You know, it's, it's interesting to, if we look to something like, um, which is very different to transition, but something like Teach First, for example, huge kind of political support, which helped get it off the ground very quickly, um, cross-party buy-in, uh, private sector support, um, and actually just just recently they're now, uh, I think they're having a, a TV programme made where they're following some Teach First teachers. And that, and that will permeate it even further into the mainstream. And I think... Um, we're very aware in terms of trying to raise people's awareness of social enterprise, um, which is our job, because actually the primary, the, the biggest source of income for social enterprises is is actually still the general public that's ahead of the public sector. Um, so, you know, actually, when we're looking to raise awareness, we don't really bother with our trade and sector press. You know, we only focus on the mainstream media. Um, you know, and in terms of breaking through, in terms of recognition and awareness and understanding, you know, it's having a, a cooperatively run shop on the Archers, or it's having a social entrepreneur on the Apprentice, or it's, um, you know, the likes of a Jamie Oliver's 15, or etc., etc., that actually really help you reach a huge audience. And that trickles down into a, a smaller number who will actually pick that up and get involved. And it plays into influencing other groups. So whether that's local authorities, local enterprise partnerships, whoever that might be in terms of needing to get uh, the actual stuff done. 
So I suppose it's, uh, yeah, I didn't expect myself to be sitting here saying, yes, it's about TV, but um, the, power of the, the power of the media in terms of uh, building that awareness across a whole range of different audiences is, is really critical. And often, I mean, with something like Transition, a lot of the people who would be involved in it would be people with, with a number of social innovations are drawn to it because they are attracted by the social change aspect of it and the social side of it. They don't necessarily come from uh, a background in commerce or business or, or enterprise in that kind of sense. What can, what can something like Transition or other social innovations learn from how business approaches uh, scaling up, do you think? I suppose I'd start by saying, I mean, I think that what you've said in terms of transition and, and who's attracted to it is, is is common across social enterprise as well. So I think, you know, historically you'll tend to have people who may have come from the more traditional voluntary sector or from a public sector background and may not have some of those skills. Um, I, I suppose the bit I'm really interested in at the moment is this system stuff, which is the very unsexy... Uh, undocumented uh, types of things that people don't want to talk about. So, you know, your CRR, CRM database, your your IT systems, the, the operational people you have, um, uh, and I don't know, their, their project management skills and so on and so forth. It tends to be those things, I think, that you find um, in a lot of the really impressive big business organizations is, you know, their ability to do marketing exceptionally well. And I think um, we tend to be a bit shy at times. And the social enterprise sector generally, I think, is relatively weak at marketing because it's viewed as, oh, well, if we're spending money on marketing and sales, we're taking money away from the work we could be doing on the ground. Um, obviously, if marketing and sales is successful, then it brings you, it brings you more business and more money um, that you can use uh, to do more of good work that you want to do. So for me, I think, you know, that, that kind of being unashamedly commercial um, often is not necessarily about being ruthless or kind of red in tooth and claw, but it can be about investing in those things which you might not otherwise. And that can be, that's often, I think, sales and marketing uh, and communications. In terms of marketing, that that whole that model of early adopters and uh, early majority, what's your sense of you know that uh, often social enterprises and social innovations are very good at, at appealing to those early adopters, the people who are always sort of scanning the horizon for new exciting ideas and who pounce on them and kind of run with them, then taking that step across into uh, into the early majority is requires a kind of a tweaking of message maybe or how it's presented are there any examples that that come into your mind of of things that have successfully stepped across that gap and if so how did they do that oh, that's a good question um i suppose i I'm, what what we tend to see is is uh i think some real kind of focusing of the message so i think often to to reach that bigger audience you need to really hone down on the essence of um, what it is and what it's about so there's less room for um, for nuance um, so I suppose uh, if I took something like um, which is probably not not something that the transition network would be hugely positive about but I take a bottled water company like Baloo um, which was a great idea and got a lot of early support 
um, from the social sector, uh, but actually didn't really break through. Um, it was only when it just really clarified and simplified both its business model and its marketing honed that, which is basically, you know, very, very simply, we're a bottled water company, all our profits go to water aid. You know, one day every, every bottled water company should be like us. We bring you mineral water with ethics, as they would put it. And, and, it, and it kind of distills, no pun intended, their, their kind of message into something really understandable by the mainstream. And I think that's why you now see them, rather than just seeing them at social enterprise conferences, you now see them in Strada, in Sainsbury's, uh, and in a whole range of other outlets. Because they simplified it into something people could really understand very intuitively and very quickly. Um, without, without kind of may, maybe doing away with make work and be unique in the first place. Um, so I think often it can be about just really honing those messages and getting to the kernel of what this is about um, so that you can make that really understandable and really accessible to that broader group of people. That's great. Thank you. Any, any, any last thoughts or advice for, for the transition movement around scaling up? I mean, I guess just uh, for me, it's, you know, and the transition movement's been, you know, very successful in reaching that scale. And I think, um, for me, it's that movement, and I, and I, I really like the approach, which has kind of moved from ideas through to, to quite detailed plans, um, and then into action. And I think, you know, now it tends to be about the more you can raise up those examples of action and kind of have that modelling of behaviour and build almost kind of a healthy competition between peers about who's doing best. Um, and and in terms of developing that enterprising culture, I think, again, that it's reiterating the kind of mantra of what it's about. It's finding those simple messages that uh, are what Transition's mission is all about and its purpose and keeping people aligned to that and understanding that this activity is all building towards that um, and, and continue to, sh to name those really great examples that there are across the world uh, to inspire and encourage and incentivize others to do similar.